Welcome, Welcome to, to the Better, Better Call Daddy Show. This is Big Daddy. Oh my God, that's hysterical. You're not going to believe this. Oh, oh my God. God. Five stars. Five and a half stars. Papa. My dad is my hero. Grandpa, are you ready? I love a good happy ending. Oh boy. Hey, hey, The phony baloney. And a tit for tatter. Hey, a lot of these things, I don't know where you're getting them from. It sounds like they're coming from when I look in the mirrors. Damn the public. Damn the public. <laughs> Today's guest is going to help me step into my feminine energy. She was a nurse and now she teaches Tantra. She's also going to teach me how to unblock my chakras. Dominique DeVita, welcome. I'm ready for some sexual healing. Let's get it, girl. Let's go. I need some more feminine in my life. Oh my goodness. Have you been leading a lot from your masculine? I did that I for so. a long time before Tantra. Tantra is what like was a game changer for me that unlocked, but I didn't discover Tantra until I was 44, but I was heavy and my masculine. And I think so many women do that to be taken seriously, to not be taken advantage of, to be taken seriously and not be looked over at work and get promotions. And we feel like we have to work or prove ourselves in a man's world, the way the world of workforce was created. So it's really common. And then when we want to connect with a lover or partner, we don't attract the right energy because we don't know how to switch back into our feminine. And we want to attract someone that's masculine and is strong that we can finally relax and rest into. We kind of need to lean into our feminine to attract that. So that really helped me so much. I'm loving having this conversation and I'm so happy to be here and be able to share. So Oh my gosh. I want to hear about where you were at at 44. Cause I am 41, almost 42. So I'm almost where you were. So at 44, you know, I've been a registered nurse since I was 19 and had been a single mom. And even my mother, you know, was a child of divorce. So in the home, my parents divorced when I was a baby. So whenever with my mom, I even was kind of like the man of the house. Like I always had to fix things and step up to the plate. And I kind of had to look out for her sometimes more than she looked out for me. I had, to, I had to parent her. That I think also led up to me being more in my masculine energy, you know, for me to kind of have to take on that role and look out because I didn't, she was an alcoholic. So she wasn't always making the best decisions. So I'm kind of like being the protector. And then that just continued to carry on into my adult life. And so I was just so used to, you know, even if I would enter a relationship with a man, I would be so defiant sometimes that if they would try to, I felt like they were trying to tell me what to do. I was like, I live my life without a dad. I don't need you to try to dad me. Like, don't tell me what to do. And so I was very defiant, not understanding, which I helped to help me with, but not understanding the need to also embrace my feminine energy. But at the time I thought feminine energy was a weakness, but our society teaches us that even subconsciously, even males are actually a balance of the masculine and feminine energy. They have the XY chromosome, but they even repress and suppress their feminine energy. So they're not viewed as being weak or the fear of being seen as gay. Not that there should be any shame in that, but because, you know, the way our society has been structured for so many decades. And then they want to go into being hyper-masculine and go leaning into, you know, I'm going to join the military. I'm going to be a pro athlete, or I'm going to be an avid sports fan. And just like, you know, I'm doing these things I'm hunting. I'm doing all these things to prove what I'm in. I am. And so they detach from their feminine as well. And feminine masculine energy can guide us so much. So 
for me to be taken seriously at work as a nurse. And I worked a lot with a lot of surgeons. I took the role to, I could be an assisting surgeon. I was an RN first assist. So if a surgery required two surgeons, I could assist the primary surgeon with surgery and do a lot of the surgical things and suture and all these things. So even though nursing is a very female dominated field, that level, that specialty is mostly males will jump into that. You know, there's like all these layers to it. And then I explored for a bit when I was in Los Angeles with being, I did some modeling and then I was introduced into the dominatrix world because I had bangs and I looked very much like Betty Page. And so I did pinup at first, which is all like cheesecake pinup innocent, but oh, Betty Page also played with whips. So then doing those shoots then I met people and they're like, oh my gosh, medical fetish is a huge thing. And I was just thinking, oh my gosh, like a dominatrix. I mean, I would never hurt anyone. And then I thought, I noticed the parallel as this kept being presented to me. And I was like, okay, wait, I've been a nurse for decades and I really do some fucked up shit to people to make them feel better. That's not much of a stretch. And I restrain patients and like all of these things. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe I could do this. <laughs> so I You're like, that. I have some ideas here. Yeah, I was like, you know, this is good. The clients would want like a urinary catheter put in or something. And I was like, well, I know sterile technique. So it's better for me to do this fantasy with them then for a dominatrix that has no expertise in this could give them like a kidney infection or urosepsis or all of these things. So I was, I was like, okay, I can do this. So it was like a specialty as a dom. And so, but then there I'm holding this boundary with my clients and I'm like the dominatrix and I'm like heavy, heavy in my masculine energy. So I've always been so fascinated by sex. Like ever since I was seven or eight, I would read my mom's Cosmo magazines and about the sex positions and I'm Scorpio born on Halloween. The topic of sex, I started watching Dr. Ruth as a teenager. I watched Talk Sex with Sue Johnson as an adult on the Oxygen Channel, and she's also a nurse. And I'm you know, always fascinated with it and giving my friends sex advice all the time. I have been a guest on Playboy Radio giving sex advice. So I was like, the human behavior and the desire was like more of a curiosity. You know, I was like, really? Like people will pay me to do what? Like, I've got to check this out, you know? And a decade prior, I had wanted to learn about Tantra, but I bought a book on Tantra, but I didn't even open it. I put it on the shelf and I was like, all right, when I attract a partner that wants to go here with me, I'll do that. But like a whole decade, I delayed my journey because I thought I needed a partner to begin, but that's a big misconception. Tantra begins with you. Like it starts with you and then you attract by being your own best lover, you attract better lovers and you have this whole healing journey, which is another thing I'll share in a moment. And then I met a man. He didn't share with me that he had studied Tantra. He had mastered the ability. This is something I teach my male clients now, how to separate males can separate their orgasm from their ejaculation. So they can be multi-orgasmic so they can have stamina for hours and then they're not feeling so drained with, you know, like males fall asleep quickly after ejaculation because they're, they're draining their energy. And in Taoist beliefs, which I also study and have learned from the Taoist masters, they feel like the lifespan on average for males, the reason it's on average is less than females is because they drain so much of their life force, their chi vital energy with frequent ejaculation. Everything touches everything. So how you're performing in the bedroom is often reflected in the boardroom. And even when I work with pro athletes, it's not to help them have better sex, but you know, like Muhammad Ali, he wouldn't have sex or, you know, before a month for weeks or months before a big match, because you lose that extra fire with this are able to actually still have that peak performance and bring their a game in the field and not have to pass up on having intimacy and connection with their, you know, with a lover, this person that I had this experience with, he had mastered that 
technique and he didn't share it with me. This was a, just a lovely surprise. You know, he had dated a Tantra coach. He had studied Tantra for over a year and had this level of mastery. And so it was just a beautiful surprise for me when I was with him for the first time. And we actually had sex for a period of five hours. And it literally felt like 20 minutes went by because time flies when you're having fun. Right. But I knew a lot had transpired in that time, but like, like it went, it felt timeless. It was just the most amazing experience. And he, with Tantra, you learn meditation practices and your largest sex organ is your brain. So that helps you with that. He was able to hold space and be present with me and be very connected and with, I don't know if you're familiar with yoga or Kundalini, but in your chakras or your energy centers with having this prolonged states of ecstatic pleasure and bliss, that's where the sexual healing, that's where that came into play for me. And I literally had what I call a soulgasm. And when I, my sexual energy went up through my energy centers and my third eye, my third eye opened and it literally changed my life, completely changed my whole life path. And I started understanding more about sexual energy, but that that night was amazing. And the next morning when I woke up, he was just like, would you like to come back? And, you know, after you had errands and things to do, he was like, will you come back and stay with me and good night? I was like, I'm here. Like, this is amazing. And so I just thought maybe it was a fluke, but the next night, same thing. And I could tell he was so confident or confident. Like he was just like, not even worried that me having these amazing experiences of pleasure and multiple orgasms was not going to push him to the point of no return. And that night, Rena, when I was done, I sat up in the bed and I just looked him in the eyes. I was just like, I want to clone you and give one of you to all my friends. Because at this point, I was like, I don't know how to begin to explain this to my friends. And I felt so sad for like my friends and so many women that will never experience this within their lifetime, like not even knowing that's possible. And men don't even know that they can provide this for their lovers because they're being dumbed down by what they're seeing in porn. That's limiting what you can fully experience and you know conscious cock is medicine so when you understand these things like that begins like a sexual healing between the male and the female and so when this happened i started being more aware of energy and it actually had me step away from exploring the dominatrix world because i was just like okay wait if i'm taking on people's energies even as a dom i wasn't being intimate with people but just if they're really suffering and not feeling good about themselves and coming to this place i was just like I need to just think about what I'm doing because is that really good for me to be hurting people or doing these things and like the energetics of everything. So I took a step back and started learning more about Tantra, exploring it. And then I learned more about the feminine energy. So one thing that helped me a lot too, is I opened up my heart chakra because your heart chakra is often closed because we've been hurt by a mother father wound or a heartbreak and we don't want to feel hurt again. So we stay guarded and we have this armor and these walls up. And with the heart chakra and when I was, had, I ended up dating this person for a while and then I was able to open up, like finally I was able to feel not guarded and open up my heart chakra. And now I just feel like love is my religion. I'm just such a loving being. And I don't, I live my life more from a place of love instead of fear, which has been so powerful because again, I was putting all these walls and these things thinking I was protecting myself and keeping myself, no one's going to fuck with me and being very, very defiant. But actually those walls were keeping me from fully experiencing life or intimacy and connection more than they were protecting me. It was like a false sense of security. It was actually blocking a lot of things instead of protecting me. And then I just started learning like more into the leaning more into my feminine energy, because I can explain it like this. It's the polarity. It's like a dance with the masculine, the feminine energy. And if you think of a battery, 
you know, there's a positive pole and a negative pole, not to say one energy is positive or negative, but just as an example, and to have the, the energy happen, you know, you have to have that, that polarity, the, to create the spark, same in relationships, you need that spark. So you might see very masculine females with males that seem a little more feminine, because that's going to be more what they're going to attract, right? Or you will also see then after people start to get married, or they cohabitate for a while, they start to enmesh their energies and they start like both of them are in their masculine or both of them in their feminine and they living together more like roommates instead of lovers. They like lose that, that spark, that desire. So even if it's a couple and they're both female or both males, one of them, they can take turns with it, but one of them will need to lean more into their masculine and one more into their feminine to create that desire and that arousal and to keep that turn on in the relationship for me being anatomically female as a woman, when I started to open up my heart chakra, leaning into the feminine, I started attracting, well, first I began having healing and a healthy relationship with myself. And I started attracting better lovers. And then I would attract men that were more confident in this like healthy divine masculine energy because they were not feeling like it, there was going to be a power struggle with me because before I was giving off this appearance, like, oh, I can handle everything. I've got everything. I don't need, you know, I don't need a man, but when we're manifesting or law of attraction, when we want to attract a better partner, if we act like we don't have space and we don't have a need or, you know, we can handle it all ourselves, we actually aren't creating space for someone to come in and show up in their divine masculine because males want to show up and, you know, provide and protect us and do things like that too but we're not creating that space. When I lean more into my feminine, I was like, I used to think the feminine energy was weakness or my vulnerability was weakness. And Rena, it's actually turned into being my superpower. And it unlocks so many things for me, my relationships with my friends, my family, lovers. I attract better lovers, like everything, coworkers, everything across the board was enhanced so much. And so like self-love and experiencing pleasure in your body, pleasures, medicine, all of those things are so powerful. And these are the things that Tantra teaches you. It's not just about having better sex, but it's having a better relationship with yourself, letting go of intimacy blocks that you may have, and really knowing how to relate and connect to another person in a healthy way. Because we so often learn from our parents or from other relationships, how to relate and connect and with, and continue unhealthy patterns. And now I've left my 30 year nursing career to go all in on Tantra because it transformed me so much. Wow. And I've seen the power of it to heal people's relationships and their lives and live more from a place of love instead of fear. That way, when people take their last breath, they don't die with regrets or not having healthy relationships. They can have had a more pleasure filled, love filled life. That's what I want to see people who really light themselves up and have healthier relationships and heal from past wounds. And Tantra provides you the tools to heal from those things and to have that transformation. And, you know, for me, I feel like I went from like the caterpillar to the butterfly so I could have this metamorphosis. I want to know too, were you able to clone that guy for your friends? I wish. What I have been able to do is even though I do work a lot with females, with women, and when I'm talking about women, I'm just being anatomically female, anyone who identifies with women, I, I work with them one-to-one -one, and I have a group coaching program, the own method, the orgasmic magic manifestation method. It helps you have more pleasure, more self-love, a lot of healing and things like that. And knowing how to manifest and law of attraction and call in divine partners, make more money, have better orgasms, all that juicy stuff as a group program I have. And I guide women one-to-one. -one. And so I'm really passionate about supporting women, 
but I also coach males. I teach these things now to men so that they can show up for their partners this way. So one of my male clients recently shared with me that he is having better sex at 60 with his wife than when they were 30. And then he's had such deep layers of healing. Then he's like, oh, now my wife, she said to me after 30 years of marriage, she shared with him the other day, thanks for allowing me to get to see you, to really get to know you. Because now he's like able to have this intimacy and let go of always feeling like he has to be the provider. There's a lot of pressure on males in our society to be the provider, to be the protector. And they're human beings too. They need to have a human experience. They have emotions. They have fears. You know, they they should be able to be fully who they are and also fully play within their masculine and feminine energies. They're more of a balance of that than even, you know, and even I am. And so I love supporting males because when I support them, that's me being in support of the goddess of the divine feminine, because we need males to know this. There's so much misinformation for males about sex. And so we don't never have these healthy conversations or these enlightening conversations. And whenever we're in school, right, Rena, if you recall, it's like, we're going to be taught about abstinence or shame with sex or, you know, wait till you're married or don't get pregnant or don't get a disease. No one tells us all of this amazing, like sexual healing and transformation and deep intimacy and connection we can have. No one tells us this. So then of course we go to look at porn to try to figure it out. And that is really dumbing us down and limiting us. And porn is still acting. That's what a lot of people don't realize it is acting. And just like if you see a movie with the stunts or fast and furious, you understand that's acting. But with porn, we don't realize like some of those things do not try that at home because that's really not going to be what your lover wants. Like these are paid actresses and actors just in, based on fantasy. That's so interesting. And I wonder even if any of it's pleasurable. I mean, sometimes probably things are pleasurable, but the motivation for doing the scenes is not to give that actress pleasure. And so I think that is also very kind of toxic in our society and what males are seeing when young males are seeing this, they're not seeing like, oh, are you having respect for your partner? Or is this just an object? Is this, we do we just objectify women and use them for our fantasy and not even check in with them or communicate or have, you know? So I love to watch things that are more like erotica and things that are ethical, like ethical porn, because we never know too sometimes where these sources of porn are, are coming from, pun intended, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> and so we don't want to be perpetuating or, or we don't want to be fueling the fire for a system or things that are unethical porn or things that are with sex trafficking or things like that. You know, you've got to think of what you're consuming too, when you're in that energetic space. When did you start experiencing the love and intimacy and caring about the other person? I loved and cared for my first lovers and I had been married before, but I did not have the tools to have healthy relationships with them because I had had such a dysfunctional relationship with my mother and then they carried on their own trauma and things too. And then if you haven't healed these aspects of yourselves and you come into relationship, you don't relate very well. We approach love and relationships from scarcity or lack. We don't feel love. That's why Tantra first starts with pink Tantra talks about self-love and the heart chakra. Having this self-love allows you when you're with a lover to really, you know, be a better lover and to connect. And when you're with someone you have, you know, you can't pour from the empty cup because then if we're kind of loving when we don't even love ourselves and from scarcity, then we start to resent our partners, right? And if we don't know how to source love within ourselves, then if our partner is busy on a project or work or something is happening, then all of a sudden 
I know for me, I would get upset and my ego would kick in and I would just be like, why aren't you paying attention to me? No, 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 you know, like those kinds of things and these unhealthy patterns. Whereas once I began to love myself and have a healthy relationship with myself, I could approach relationship from a healthier way and I could notice and observe people like, what is their self-love like? Before Tantra, I was just like, oh, you know, I'm a nurse and as long as we're using protection and we talk about if we've had testing or whatever, like I'm good. But then with Tantra and with learning about the energies, I was like, okay, I can't put a body condom on someone and protect myself from their bad vibes. Like if they're pursuing me and they're being with me and they're being approaching me from like being the sales rep and trying to woo me and romance me. But then on the way to the date, they're road raging or they're very disrespectful to other people when they don't serve them or not trying to get something from them. Right. Or if they're very angry or have unresolved things, or they're living in a lot of fear, that energy is being transferred to me in my most intimate spaces. So often, you know, in the past I would be with a lover and then a lot of times people will experience the next day, they kind of feel off or in a funk or like, I don't know why I just feeling kind of weird today, but you don't even understand. You could have been taking on some traumatic, some energetic debris from that lover. If they were not in a good headspace and a good heart space and their energy is not on point. So I started thinking about, okay, watching and observing people for longer to see how they are on a consistent basis and just seeing if there's someone that I admire and that I look up to how they live their lives, you know, and that I'm not going to be with someone unless I would like to be like that person. We get so caught up with wanting to have a status symbol or, you know, all of those things. And we think because we have all these certifications and degrees of like, I'm good. But then when I had to really look at myself, I was like, no, there's some things that I experienced in my childhood that I really, really needed to work past and heal. And I even took time from dating for a bit to like use the things I learned with Tantra and start to do, have that healing journey with myself. And when I did that, I attracted better lovers. Can you but talk so to me about some of the things that you had to heal? I think just the pattern of not really trusting that I could really rely on someone because I couldn't rely on my mother, right? I didn't always feel fully safe with her or that she was really, I could count on her. So then I had to work on healing things and work on things with my self-trust. And I can only trust someone else as much as I can trust myself. And then just to get in this place, and this sounds kind of woo, I'm a little bit woo-woo, then just trusting, okay, the universe has my back. I am supported by the universe. The universe has got me and it's, it's not going to give me something I can't handle and it's going to provide. And that even demonstrated itself again today. I got an email about something and I was like, yes, universe, you motherfucking got my back again it comes in waves and I just have to trust and know as long as I keep showing up for my clients that I keep showing up in integrity for myself. If I make time for play, if I make time for pleasure, if it's not all work and all, you know, no play, like being a good boss to myself, right. And celebrating myself and doing those things and watching my energy, energy is everything. And when I started mastering my energy, the world started responding differently to me. Our sexual energy is our most creative energy. It's our life force energy. We were created from this energy. So why should we have shame about it? But if we have shame about it and we disconnect from it, then we're actually disempowering ourselves. And we're an easier society to control when we're feeling shame. So Friday was a full moon and I did all this like manifestation things that I'm really big into. And I, I want to so, know the rituals. Tell me. Yes. Yes. It's like, these are the things that I teach in my sex magic program, the own method, but you use things like using the cycles in the, of the moon and putting your intentions with the new moon, planting the seeds, and then doing certain tantra practices and rituals that I guide my clients to learning and mastering. So 
so that they can have this with the full moon and really putting that sexual, that creative energy, that sexual transmutation towards what our heart desires. But then we also, I teach like breathwork practices, how to open up your chakras and your energy centers, how to start to use your sexual energy to flow through your body. So you're more vibrant. So you're more tapped in. So you're raising your frequency. So your frequency is higher. So you're matching that higher thing. I want to know what else you've manifested. I've manifested um, celebrity clients and celebrity friends. It's just been the funniest thing. Like I was doing my sex magic rituals and stuff and holding my intentions for what I wanted. And I know how to move my energy and everything. And then just things would open up for me. And then like all of a sudden a celebrity started following me on Twitter. And then all of a sudden they start messaging me, you know? And I was just like, whoa, like with, I was just like, this is the wildest thing. And I've manifested better jobs moving across the country from LA to San Francisco for the top paying nursing job in the country. Then I attracted another twin flame lover there that I'm still very super heart connected to. And even now, like I usually meditate, my routine is I meditate in the mornings. One night I was meditating at about 10 or 11 at night and that same person, and I haven't seen him in person since September of last year or August of last year. He messaged me. He was like, I can see you meditating right now. And I was like, like this creates deep connections. And what I want to share with that is so often we want a soulmate, but we don't know how to have soulful sex and connect with someone on a soul level. So if we're having superficial sex and what we see in porn, if we're doing everything and operating on a superficial, how are we going to create a soulful relationship with these, with superficial connections and not knowing how to really connect on a deep level? Osho says, if you love a flower, you don't pluck it because when you pluck the flower, the flower dies. So much in our society, we think to love someone, we put a conditional love. You have to do this and do this and do that. And we we're so afraid because we have fear of abandonment. We have fear of losing on something relationships should be more understanding and like, how can we share wisdom with one another? How can we encourage one another? How can we pour into each other in other ways and wish the best for one another? And I talk very openly with my daughters about these things. I have really beautiful conversations. And when they were older, it would throw people off. They're like, how do you talk to your daughter about that? I'm like, well, I have age appropriate conversations. When they were five, I wasn't talking to them about sex. I had appropriate conversations you would have with a five-year-old. And as they started growing into young women, I would have appropriate conversations with them as young women. Even when I was a dom and they were in their early twenties, I was so honest with them about it. And I was just like, this is what I'm doing. Because I was like, if I'm ashamed of it, I shouldn't do it. Because how are they going to communicate with me authentically and not feel like they have to hide aspects of themselves if I'm hiding and I'm not being truthful. I love that. I agree with that too. What did some of those early on conversations with your daughter look like? I actually have a daughter too. She's 10. Early on, just letting them know, you know, things like if there's masturbation, that that's normal. And I would just make a joke. I was like, you know, over 97% of people masturbate and the other 3% they're liars. You know, I was something like that because I'm just trying to, and I would say it in a humorous way when they were teenagers and play it off that way. They would understand, like, you don't need to be embarrassed. Like this is something everyone does. Right. I love that. Keeping it playful and then just not acting as if I can't even talk about sex. It's not like I'm going to be having sex in front of them, but I don't need to act like no intimacy or no hand holding or like, Oh my gosh, you know what I'm saying? Like, because then they don't ever get to see connection or anything modeled for them. But I didn't choose the best fathers because I didn't know how to have a healthy relationships. Right. And so, you know, now I wish I would have known what I knew before, like when they were younger, but I had the 
I had my children young. So this came to me later life because before I was in survival mode, you don't, then they start being adults and I had the time to thrive. So I always tell everyone, and I've told my daughters, see who you are first and figure yourself out before you add children to the mix, you know? But one thing I would tell them when they were younger is if you're tired of what I'm telling you to do, and you don't like to be told what to do, delay having children as long as you can, because you're going to go from me telling you what to do to what a child needs you to do. And you're never going to have your freedom to do things the way you want to do it. So if that's really what you want, don't have children. And so now my daughters are 29 and 34 and they're not, they haven't had children yet. And I don't know now with everything that's happening in our society with health, I don't know. How do you feel about that? If they don't, I'm okay with that. I'm okay if they don't. You know, I always tell them don't have children because of me, because it's a huge responsibility. Have that because that's what you want. And you need to know who you are before you even figure out what kind of partner you'd want to have children with. And that's another thing I tell them. I was like, if you don't even have yourself figured out, how are you going to decide who you'd want to spend the rest of your life with if you don't even know who you are? So I would tell them, I don't care if you are a virgin when you're married. I care that you have yourself figured out when you're married and you know what you want in a partner. Like, that's what I care about. And then the other thing, whenever my oldest daughter was about 15 or so, I would talk to them about like, don't ever fake orgasms. And I would tell them, you know what, if you're tempted to have sex, I know your hormones, you're curious and that's normal. You know, we're the only species, other species, when they're ready to mate other animals in nature, they have sex, but we're the ones that our bodies are ready. But then society is like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. You know, because of the way our society is structured. So I'm like, wait, I said, because one, You don't want someone to be just spreading rumors about you at school. You know, that could be hurtful to your feelings. And I'm telling you, males don't have sex figured out yet. So you're really not missing out on anything because it's going to be over before it starts. And then you're just going to have to deal with the aftermath of like pregnancy or your reputation or people saying negative things about your feelings getting hurt. I said, so just wait, give the males time to figure their bodies out a little bit more. So it'll be better for you because You think you're missing out, but you could satisfy yourself much better than probably they will be able to. You know, I lost my virginity when I was 15 and I had with the person I was with at the time he was 19 and we were together for, you know, four years and our families expected for us to get married. So when I got pregnant, it was just like, okay, you you two are getting married. And he's the only person I'd ever been with. And I never had an orgasm with him. I literally had a baby and everything. And then for a while he didn't pay child support. And so once I told his grandparents, when they would see my daughter, I was like, you know, I would have been just as good going off to the sperm bank. I was like, the sex would have been just as good. I would have got just as much help. (laughs) I was, I was very, my masculine, I would really put people in their place a lot. I'm not like that now. Now I'm like more in my Zen. Now my daughters will call me like, mom, I need some Zen. And I'm like, so chill. I'm a much different person, but before I think I had so much hurt and so much wounding and disappointment that sometimes in the Scorpio stinger would come out and I would lash out because hurt people hurt people. So when we're hurting, so it's important that we take a step back and have heal those aspects of ourselves and have a healthy relationship with ourselves because so often we'll have a challenge in a relationship and we're like, oh, next I'm breaking up with you. But if we don't pay attention to the pattern that keeps happening, you know, it'll be just a different person with the same things because The universe is trying to teach us to learn from our mistakes, not to keep repeating them. But back in the day, I used to think like, oh, the best way to get over a man is to get under one. Oh my gosh. Was that a hot mess? Yeah. So can you tell me for our listeners that don't know anything about Tantra, like what is Tantra to you? 
Tantra and Sanskrit words, it comes from India. It means to a weaving or a looming. So to me, it's like weaving and bringing in like the spirituality or the energy of sex. And when I say spirituality, it doesn't go against any of your religious beliefs. It's not going to convert you. You don't have to have a religious beliefs. This is a, just about the energy and merging that with sexuality and bringing those worlds together so that you can create this amazing transformation in your life by having a healthy relationship with all aspects of yourself and not having shame about your sexual energy, understanding, embracing how powerful it is and understanding your chakras, your energy centers. And it just Tantra really gives you the tools for transformation. So you can unlock those things. And so often in our world, we're so based on consumerism and feeling like we're not enough. And so we're consuming and buying and trying to fill this emptiness and this void, but there's so much within you. You've got this, all this buried treasure and this amazingness and magic right here within you. And Tantra gives you the keys to unlock that treasure and to start to discover this about yourself. And then you don't feel lack or you don't feel like, oh, I always need to acquire this new thing. Or, you know, you start to operate more from your heart space and more from awareness and more discernment and hearing your your highest self communicating with you than like letting your ego run the show. And ego is good. It can keep us safe, but we need to have a healthy relationship with ego and not let it just run the show and have us making the worst decisions. So Tantra helps you to have a healthy relationship with yourself and the world around you. And how important is sexual energy in a healthy relationship? Oh my gosh. It's so important without it. You're just kind of like roommates. It's so important to have that intimacy and that connection and that sexual energy, especially in Taoist beliefs is it rejuvenates you. It's the fountain of youth. So, so many times like disease is dis-ease. It's having discomfort in your body and pleasure is medicine. When you have an orgasm, you feel all these amazing hormones are released you know, your serotonin is leave dopamine, like all of these, these chemical responses, oxytocin are happening in orgasmic states that are so healthy for your body, help you reduce your cortisol level. When your cortisol level is lower, your immune system is stronger. When your cortisol level goes up, then you start gaining weight. When you understand the chakras, like let's say for example, your second chakra is your solar plexus. This chakra is focusing on passion but it also is governed with your sex organs and with your mouth, with your tongue and taste. That's why a lot of times, if you're not, when you're not having sex, we'll turn to food. So when we are tolerating fuck boys or fuck girls to pass the time, we are actually showing the universe we're not available for the one to come in. Energy is everything. That's how you attract more money. That's how you attract better experiences. That's how you're living your most passionate life. And so often as a nurse, when I would see patients that would have dis-ease, they would be very stagnant in their energy and disconnected from their sexual energy. And they would have like a lot of stress and anxiety and depression, all these things in their charts and then stress, anxiety, depression, then, oh, they're just diagnosed with cancer. Well, that's like, you're having a lot of stress and you don't know how to have a healthy relationship with your body. That's really interesting that you saw that medically. Yeah, I would see that. I would see on the charts, like what their histories were. And then I would see they would have this new diagnosis. And then you could just tell that they were very sexually repressed because I'm very, I can, I'm very intuitive and I can feel people's energies. And when you can let you go of shame. Teach me how to have that big O. I would love to. It's so amazing. And breathing is so important for having better orgasms, especially for women. It's important for males too, but for females so often right before we're going to have an orgasm if you notice like there's been times where I'm like okay 
because I used to think I was like frigid. I was like, oh, I can't have orgasms. I'm so multi-orgasmic even before Chantra. And, but now I can even have like energy orgasms and things like this. And I can literally be laying next. If I'm really tuned into my partner, like the first person I saw orgasm with, I could lay next to him. And with the energy moving between us, I could have an orgasm without even being touched. Wow. That's incredible. Yes. And that's the thing we're talking because you start to know how to surge this energy through your body. My male clients will say, now I have a full body orgasm. I feel my orgasm from the top of my head down to my big toe. I never knew this was possible. So with breath, with breathing, we circulate the energy through our body. So I teach these pranayama, these practices with Tantra, which is why Tantra goes over meditation and breath work. So meditation helps you have better sex and better orgasms because your brain is your largest sex orgasm. So that's one thing. First step of having better orgasms. Second step is doing breath work. And even if you're not doing breath work practices, like during sex, you won't necessarily have be doing breath work practices, but reminding yourself to breathe deeply. Cause there were times that I was right on the edge and I could tell, I was like, oh my gosh, this orgasm is about to be so amazing. And then all of a sudden it would elude me. And I was like, where the fuck did it go? It's like, gone. I swear I was just right about to like go over the waterfall. Right. I, I hate was just that. Right. But then I started to look. And as I started learning more about Tantra and breath work and things like that, one thing is the three main tenets of Tantra are breath, sound, and movement. The breathing, a lot of times, right before we're having so much pleasure, we tense up and we restrict ourselves and we'll hold our breath without even being aware of it. So it's like a candle flame. If we take away the oxygen to a candle flame, we cover it, then the flame is out. Same thing with our orgasm. So we have to remember to breathe deeply. And then the other thing is sound. Like with, again, three tenets of Tantra, breath, sound, movement. So with sound, sound is like a thief and it steals the tension from your body. When you're tense and things like that, the pleasure doesn't move through you as freely. So being able to moan and express yourself in sound and use your voice and communicate with your lover is so great. And even if you're not comfortable with it first, just saying, oh, you know, like, oh yes, that feels so good. Or mm, just moaning just to communicate because our lovers aren't psychics, you know? And if you can tell that they're about to be that point, that you think they're about to have an orgasm, just in a sexy way, remind them to breathe, say, oh, breathe that all the way in, breathe it in all the way from your pussy to the top of your head. And just, you know, let them know that, you know, oh my gosh, you look so beautiful. And mm, just, and just keep it flowing because we can be so self-conscious during sex. So just giving your lover those like words of affirmation and talking and communicating with them can really make this enhance the experience and create more intimacy. And eye gazing is really important too, but just being able to hold that and really fully see them and allow them to see you. So once we drop these masks, we drop our walls and we really allow someone to fully see us, to fully be seen. And we're willing to fully see that person for who they are and honor that. And then we're being intimate and we're having this soul heart connection with them. And we can even feel the energy between us and the arousal, the turn on, and we're breathing together and we're moving together and we're communicating our, our boundaries. We're communicating our desires. You know, when we can do those things, our sex just gets better and better. Do you do couples work as well? I do. I love working with couples. And the other thing too, is a lot of times, like for the 60 year old man, who's having better sex with his wife than 30. And he even messaged me the other day. He's like, oh, my wife is having a headache. And then I had sex with her and she's blissed out and she's falling asleep and the headache's gone. Thank you so much for everything. And I said, well, you're welcome, but thanks for trusting me. And you did the work to learn it. You know what I mean? Cause he was like, oh, I couldn't have done this without you. I'm like, you did the work and, and trusted 
right? So, but she was shy. He says, she's comfortable talking to me about sex, but she was too uncomfortable to talk to me. So she'll relay messages of gratitude all the time in my sessions with him. And she supports him. She's like, oh, oh, you want to coach with her another six months? Go for it. The last level up was so great. I can't wait to see what this next level up is going to be. She's just like, thank you so much for doing this work. Oh so my God. Do you love that wives? Life. Thank you. I do. Literally, I had a session with them the other day and my face, and it's not from embarrassment. My face just turned red and I was laughing because I see in the Zoom, my face was red. I was like, oh my gosh, like that literally warms my heart. Like that's what I fucking live for. That's why I do this and share this. Wow. And so it was just so amazing. So, so many times I work with both men and women that sometimes their partners will know or won't know that they're working with me. But just by one of them stepping into this and doing these practices, because how we start to show up for ourselves, then we're going to show up with our lovers in a different way. And then sometimes the males may be resistant to doing it or vice versa. And then after they see the experience, like, oh, this is like some next level shit. Let's even take it another level. And I want to be in on it. Or they're like, oh, this is so bomb. I just, I'm good. You know, like, and so, <laughs> you don't, yeah, so it's really so amazing. I love it. And I love working with couples too. But one thing too, is like for males, because males have learned how to have orgasms so fast, because think about it when we, for both males and females, when we first learn to masturbate, we don't want to be caught by our parents. So we do everything very quick. So with neuroplasticity, we're creating that pleasure pathway where we do things fast. So I'm teaching with neuroplasticity and other things holistically as a nurse to optimize health and your neuroplasticity, how to rewire and create new pleasure pathways that takes some time. So actually for males, it's better if they do this while they're single so they can have this mastery because if they start trying to practice and the energy of the lover or being inside of her will pull that out and they won't be able to, to master it yet. So I have them do self-pleasure practices to have this mastery or if they're, they're with a partner for them to understand that they're doing this work and for them to know too, don't be practicing at first with your partner, because then she's going to start resenting feeling like she's a science project, like you need to have intimacy, <laughs> you need to have connection, you need to do your, your sex exercises and things like that. I'm teaching you on your own and have a certain level of mastery before you introduce it to your partner. Cause women we're very intuitive. So you've given me so many her. great titles throughout this entire episode. Your <laughs> lingo is on point. <laughs> and I say, what I used to say too, and one of my other words is don't get distracted. I definitely think there's going to be people in my audience that reach out to you. So let them know the best way and place to do that. My website is yestantra.com and on social media, it's at yestantra. And in my social media links, there's another link that has all of my links. So maybe I can share a link here too. And also, if you want to see about working with me and you want to have a free 30 minute discovery call with me, I'll share the link with you here that you can put in the show notes. You can request that call with me. And it's just for people who are ready to take that step. If you're not quite ready yet, it's just to see that we're a good fit and which of my programs will be best for you. Or you can just subscribe to my newsletter. And I also do have some other offerings. I have a, my 12 Days to Self-Love, which is an ebook. And your listeners can get 50% off with the code BESTLOVE with a hyphen in it. And I'll share all this information with you. And then I also have a masterclass for, I have a female pleasure masterclass. It's a replay of a masterclass that they can get. And I also have a male stamina masterclass and a male stamina free guide and a female orgasm tips guide. And of course, Rena, I'll gift these things to you. You'll be getting these. Uh, Aww, nice ooh, I can't wait. 
and then for daddy. So he, you know, you both oh my God, me and my daddy might have to do a follow-up. This is going to yes. be so much fun I conversation. Love, I would love, I might have to get him on with you. <laughs> I would love that. How old can people have sex? Quite advanced in age. I remember. No I way. My, I remember once I caught my grandparents having sex when they were in the early seventies and they didn't even know Tantra or Taoist stuff. I snuck out of there so fast. I was a kid. <laughs> It runs in your family. Yes. Well, my grandmother, this was before Viagra. My grandmother, she was this like very classy woman, but she would literally take my go sometimes with my granddad to a strip club. So he would be more excited. So she could have sex with him. God love her. I know. I do love her so much. Oh my God. It has been so great connecting with you. I really want to keep in touch for real. Most definitely, Rena. I would super love that. And I love this conversation and I look forward to having a conversation with your dad because these are, these are, I'm super passionate about all this. Oh my God. I cannot wait to hear what he has to say about this. Yes. I'm just trying to, you know, save the world, you know, multiple orgasms at a time. I love that. (laughs) Oh my God. You're a gem. Now. Let's switch it over to grandpa. What did you think of that episode? Very interesting. Her personal experiences going through life has led her down this path where she has always had her guard up. She's always competed in a man's world and she was having children with different guys, not really making the right choice, necessarily the right choices because she didn't really know her own body, her own feelings and her own self-worth as a a complete person. You can actually be a professional nurse for 30 years and then one day wake up and really want to search out and fix everything that might be bothering you. She had to take on a really um, a masculine role because she was really looking out and taking care of her own mother. So she doesn't really have growing up the example and the encouragement and passed on wisdom from next generation. It makes the path of life so much more difficult, doesn't it? It really does. Although she liked her grandma. She liked her grandma and her grandpa, but again, had to reach to another generation because the generation in between was so lacking. And that makes it also very, very difficult to find your own self-worth and your own understanding of the continuum that we've talked about in so many episodes. But it isn't an interesting that being a professional nurse and seeing the importance of relationships and intimacy is an important part of a relationship, whether we want to admit it or not. I I think it came out in this episode is that if you can't really love yourself and you keep battling and always have a chip on your shoulder and you're not nice, not only to yourself, but it's then almost impossible to have a relationship or be nice to anybody else. Thanks for listening to the Better Call Daddy Show. Now you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. If you've enjoyed this episode of the Better Call Daddy Show, please feel free to review it at ratethispodcast.com slash bettercalldaddy. Add Better Call Daddy Podcast on IG at Rena Friedman Watts on LinkedIn.com. Bye.